0: You could have heard this episode 48 hours early on our Patreon patreon.com slash But joining us for as low as $1 a month You'll see episodes early and access to our Discord server All of our upcoming episodes will have put on our Patreon 48 hours before it hits our public podcast feeds But if you're hearing this via our Patreon feed we thank you so much for your support We especially want to thank our Real Ones patrons including Beckett Etienne Georgia Mikowski, James Boss Holiday Kirk Tyler Marcy Anime Chance Holdup Delaney Mothman Rihanna Cruz Josiah Duncan Janelle Fleur. Matt Cameron, Grant in the back of my Dracula, Pablo Escobar's Hippos, Jackson Christ, Alec Felder, Jeremy Bull, JP, Matthew Taylor, Breen Hare, Drew Wharton, I Like Books, Jonathan David, Max Kapuzinski, Mark Barry, Cal50, No Woods Refused Pimped Out Dave Matthews Event, Chris Wade, Midwest Maxwell, Kevin John, Jake Wald, Gracer Baby, Rob Mariano, Max, Dylan, Zach, Gavin 490 Freak, and Maze Farms. To become a real one, consider supporting us for five dollars a month on Patreon. Receive a bonus episode every month. You get a shout out at the top of the pod. Anyways, though, enjoy the episode. It's not—it's not like Tangle, but it's definitely just like it's not where it usually is. I
1: have an opening observation. If you wanted to use it as a cold open,
0: go for it. <laughs>
1: so, um, it's very important to me that I remind everybody. So, you know how in the beginning she, um, Bella takes a cactus with her to go to Forks. Like she's in Phoenix and she's got her little cactus in her little pot. She didn't go to the store yes. and buy that cactus or something. No, no, no. She went outside with a shovel and like scooped <laughs> out the cactus and put it in the pot. <laughs> and i like, the opening scene is literally her standing outside with this cactus and a shovel. And I'm like,
2: I, I I both like it inter- if it was a re- if it was a real person that did that it would be like more charming but because it's a movie it's like so on the nose it's like I will take ground and take with me home to a new place it's also like-
1: how did she get the cactus through TSA how do you explain that to TSA I got, agents I, I mean, did, did, did I've gotten,
2: she fly or did I, she I've did she, drive? Well, she things than there's a, a very gratuitous Southwest
0: airline shot. <laughs> um i mean you know the you know i mean i imagine she probably you know like luggage or you know sort of I, I put on her carry-on somewhere i don't know i i just did a bunch of flying recently that you can get some you can get some weird stuff on planes probably uh you know that are not weapons or things of that sort you can probably get a cactus, a cactus on a cactus plane i think were, we're smart <laughs> about it
1: could you could you theoretically do a 9-11 with a cactus
0: <laughs> great great start to I mean, the episode <laughs> not that. Okay, we're gonna this. Okay, this is gonna get the uh, TSA is gonna start doing investigation. I do not want that. So <laughs>
3: let's investigate Harry Farrell. <laughs> I love this one.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Indians podcast. I'm your host, Maddie at Movie and Prince on Twitter. This episode, I am joined by Jackie, Natalie, and Britt. And Britt, in particular, is the reason why we're all here. And Brit, sure am. uh let's let's just get into it. What what, what, are, we talk, what, are, we, what are we talking about on the pod all right, uh, tonight? Folks,
1: it's time it's time to bring back your edgy middle school thirteen year old self. You gotta do the dark eyeliner. You gotta like casually, weirdly brush your hair back behind your ear, all comfortably in front of fans. Folks, it's the Twilight episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, baby. So we are, we're,
0: we're, yeah, we are talking about the the soundtrack or most of the soundtrack to the first uh, Twilight movie. Twilight, just Twilight on its own. That's it. Uh, we got thirteen songs, uh, which is which is usually a lot a lot bigger than our usual playlist order. But there's you know, th- there are some that we have maybe you know not, not not a lot of thoughts, and then there are some where we have uh, valleys of thoughts uh as as natalie hinted at one of these songs that we have uh, a lot
3: of thoughts on
1: i think that's going to eat up like a uh, solid 20 minutes of this episode i would imagine absolutely i
3: i have like exactly there are some there are like half these songs i have zero thoughts on and then all of my thoughts are on him and and we will get to him
0: (laughs) well let's let us let us get into it let's get into it our our first our, our first order of business our first song uh, again, very sadly, uh, AJ Moser's not here with us. Maybe he's actually probably uh, in post, the post, I can him to record. Maddie, uh, uh, transmission. Te- not
2: even <laughs> probably. Not, not even probably. Not even. This is the, this is the first uh, non-toxic discussion of this band we will ever have on
3: this podcast. <laughs> the first and <dead> last.
1: <laughs> like if oh you well, say his name it, three it, times, it, he's just going to appear in the in, in the Zoom call. It's true. Don't, don't even.
3: It's true. Like bloody
1: Mary. Yeah,
0: but. But our first song is Muse's Supermassive Black Hole. So, oh God, let's just uh, hang on. Let me, let me pull it up on Spotify really quick. So so most of these are going to be on Spotify, but there's a couple that are not on there. And we'll, we'll get into those in, in due time. But first off, Supermassive Black Hole, Muse, let's get into it.
3: I forgot there's like three seconds of silence at the beginning of this. There we go. <laughs>
0: the album, is that like an slammed. album thing or...
3: Like I think it's an album thing because I I was I wasn't playing from the actual playlist I was playing from like just collected Spotify and it's I think it's an album thing it's weird.
1: Well, also like uh, one thing about this that I noticed when I was like kind of watching it is that like, several of these are in some kind of like chronological order of when they appear in the movie until except for like this song and the and the next one. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I mean they gotta start with that a banger.
2: And these are definitely the two that create... I mean, like both these bands were big already, but what happens with the Twilight movies is after the first one, being a band on the soundtrack of the Twilight movie is not only like a paycheck, but it's like a really, really valuable thing to get for your band. Mm-hmm. Because both Paramore and Muse got like a huge inflection of... Uh, a moody teenagers into their band that like made their y- audience a lot younger and also just grew their audience a lot and so I think that those ones getting front-loaded was just them being aware that, like, oh, yeah, these are the ones
3: that are going to pop from this movie the most. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, you've, you've got to... You've really got to front-load it with the baseball scene because everyone remembers the baseball scene. And even on release, it's like the baseball scene is, like, where that shit is it's at. Probably so the it's probably the like, only
1: thing that's held up from this movie. <laughs> I, it rocks. I, I, it whips.
2: I, I, I think this movie is both overrated and underrated i haven't watched all I, I wanted to watch it for this thing it's like I there are some ways night. in which it is pretty successful in just a, like ridiculous campy way but also as i'm sure we will get into um there are limits with the source material in terms of what you can do to adapt that book and all of the weird stuff that is in stephanie meyer's head and then thus in her novels
1: you also um, have to remember too that like, the thing about Muse, it put Muse onto the Twilight soundtrack to begin with, because Stephanie Meyer was so Stephen obsessed Myers with Muse. Stephanie Meyer is
3: obsessed, yes. She,
1: like, dedicates no, the Twilight novels a, to makes a lot Muse. of
2: sense. I, 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 I like this song in general. It's mm-hmm. definitely one of the, the, as someone who's a noted Muse hater, this is definitely one of the better Muse songs, but... There are two things. One, I can't hear the riff in the beginning without just thinking that this is like the most Target commercial Muse song that exists, you know what I mean? Like you hear the, and you just kind of hear, like I, I did a Home Depot when you're here, your family last week, I can't do that joke again, but um, <laughs> that, 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 that's, that, that's the vibe. But then also, I just find that like, this is a fun song, but I also just, my whole thing with Muse is that it does sound a lot like other music i like but just a little dorkier in a way that makes me feel like a dork you know what i mean like whenever i listen to a new song it's like oh is this what like people who don't like radiohead think of me is basically how i feel <laughs> um no not in that because
1: I, they're, remember, not the radiohead- they're not
2: the same like like uh, Muse is, is like Cock Rock Radiohead. Muse is Dumb Guy Radiohead. Like, they are not the same yeah. band, but and also, I'm not opposed See? to I'm not opposed to, to Cock Rock and Dumb Guys and Himbos, you know? Like, I love a good paranoid conspiracy guy and just guys, dumb guys in general but, you know, like Muse, muse are the lame libertarian bro version of it here's the me. thing
3: here's the thing is when they go like cock rock i actually don't mind them it's when they go full-on like libertarian banksy tinfoil hat and also like,
2: the, yeah also when they I go think frog to mode. that that's the other thing is like when the, you know at this this song reminds me of is uh i recently finally after teasing it for many weeks did a um and I don't think Maddie was expecting slurs this episode, but I did a very faggy cover of the song uh, Paralyzer by Finger Eleven.
0: Oh, yeah, you did um, do that. And Although I did I did, once I did because it's like, oh, man, I have to do like even more editing than I usually do on episodes now. Oh, sorry. Now. Sorry. Oh, damn it. sorry.
2: <laughs> you, you, it's fine. You don't, no, 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 no it's fine. That. You just don't have to. You can just let it. That's true. I don't you, have to. You can to. let it rock. I won't, I won't make your life miserable besides that. Anyways. That's um, true. Uh,
0: we're, we're, we're we're keeping it in, all right. We're, we're keeping, keeping it, in, it in, in, all right. We are the are Sandy no, Heads podcast. We're the, it. These <laughs> we're the stupid liberals can't cancel us this time around. Okay, Not there are we get to decide when to use them.
2: <laughs> yes, but uh, I I also do think that um, Matt Bellamy, who can very easily annoy me vocally, um, I like I think I like what he's doing here in a very kind of this 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 song to me sounds like uh what if tom
3: york made a song with timbaland and i'm not opposed to that That's like <laughs> there oh, it's we go fun. there we fucking go <laughs> you no know, here's the thing is that uh when i ran through the playlist just now because i was crunching it like right before recording uh i hit the song and i'm like yeah no this is like still pretty all right and like running through the playlist this entire soundtrack again i'm like oh yeah this is just like one of the best songs here like this yeah. this feels like it is just like i'm letting the music like fully rock my body there, here. Are,
2: there are a lot of songs on this that i thought were, were pretty mid or bad i think this is one of the yeah. better ones as much as i am a muse hater which is this why is... i'm really glad that AJ's not on this episode yes this is the only time i will ever say anything <laughs> good about muse on a pod <laughs> mark my words listen, like and it's not even like out of like a contrarianism or just like be a hater to be a hater like this is straight up one of the only muse songs i have anything nice to
3: say about so i have i, I like, I'm putting an anti-AJ Moser protection spell on this episode. Like <laughs> this is a this is a safe space from AJ Moser. We can speak our truths and it stays here in the in the confines of this episode. He's not touching this.
1: Why don't you just
2: call oh, yeah. him AJ Muser? Mm.
1: AJ Muser. Don't give him any strength.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't give him any strengths. Don't give him any strains. Uh this this song rocks. I gotta say it it is a a cock rock classic. Mm-hmm. And again, it is it is a part of the the best scene of the first Twilight movie Absolutely. for sure. The baseball scene is is just it's a lot of fun. It's it is dumb as hell. <laughs> I because I, I so so Brett actually watched Twilight, yes. uh, and I I watched a lot of clips, so I got, I got a good you know refresher on the movie. Mm-hmm. It is dumb as hell. It's the so movie dumb. is dumb as hell, but it's so we will, fun. Again, when we get into like later songs, we'll get into you know the sort of uh, the psychosexual weirdness <laughs> of Twilight uh but the pure dumbness of twilight is 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 uh it's at a it's at a peak during the baseball scene but like good dumb of like the horrible like fat like people are on wires just running like fucking crazy the really like bad like cgi fast motion rosalie um,
1: just goes my the- monkey man
0: <laughs> uh, my monkey man
1: sorry, I- twilight uh
2: jumped with like very bad wire foo so riverdale could fly with magic powers i've oh, I, I not watched that it. season
0: yet jackie but i'm probably going to sometime later uh like later in the summer i'm filing like you, you should definitely because like, again, do I, a, I watch it with blog, one person I'm gonna be about
2: like watching riverdale like you should you should you should process your because every time riverdale unlike wrestling is something that i have absolutely no familiarity with but everything you tell me i'm like wrapped listening to it like every I, I, you, gotta, I love, you
0: gotta watch jackie you gotta, gotta watch, watch riverdale Dale. you gotta watch I, watch I I
2: understand it.
0: you know i gotta make, I, I gotta at least make you watch the pilot just to, just so you can kind of get in your okay. head like okay like yes because well, I mean, here's I, the I, show it, it gets progressively I, crazy
2: maddie i've seen a lot of clips i know the the euphoric <laughs> highs and lows of high school football or whatever the quote is yes um but like
0: you, you, you do need the context I, a little I, I, bit yes. but even then even then I do, do want to pull the, up the, the, the baseball to, scene. You
2: need the context to know how to, out of context that is. You know what I mean? It's like yes, one of those things where it's like... Exactly. You need to know what's built around it to understand how insane it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, yeah, even, again, out, out of and in, it's still... Uh, the, the high school football quote is insane. Uh, I got attacked by a bear that... I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Riverdale is an incredible television program. But I want to I point out really quick, uh, in the baseball scene of Twilight... Uh, let me pull up a little bit. Let me see where, where is Jasper the one who has like the like the longer curly hair? Brand? Yes. Am I getting that co- correct? Uh, look, look at this. He's again. <laughs> you know, I, now I've not played baseball in a very long time. I don't watch baseball. I only did little league, and I don't really watch it very often. This man is literally his feet are right up to <laughs> the plate. The way he's holding the bat, his his <laughs> needs to be at least a foot back. His knees like,
3: are gonna get taken out like he owes
2: a mob debt. <laughs> I, I, I agree, Maddie, but I also think this is, like, a hilariously small complaint to, to like, to bring up with this scene that is just, like, insane. I just, I for, just like... had to mention it. No, 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 no. I, I agree, but it, that, that's, like, probably 17th on my list of things I, w- I would bring. See, I mean, like, the fact this whole movie, like, looks like it's shot through, like, an Instagram filter is very of its time. <laughs> uh how how pale everyone looks is a thing everyone loves to talk about but like this movie is like truly like they bleached it like it's so like desaturated it's crazy and
1: then put and like a big the, the blue, blue filter, filter, filter on which, it to make it like uh, so unnatural just like everything natalie, can, around can her you,
0: can can you say the joke that you made in the chat really quick natalie just so i just so we have a the as oh, a, a soundbite yeah,
3: yeah, yeah uh never sure to smoke that shit now i'm in the twilight color grade <laughs> <It's> true <laughs>
0: exactly uh but that is that is super massive black hole baseball scene still holds up as a hilarious scene again i i'm someone that loves camp and i love bad movies and this is the peak badness of twilight this is this is this is the good shit this is the shit that they really should have been continuing to go on of course also there's the i believe we'll get to it a bit later on because i think the song is used during uh another great weird quote from twilight a bit later on the 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 soul uh, instrumental piece that we'll be talking about on this episode well, let's move on i'm talking very fast Let's move on to uh, an absolute banger an absolute <laughs> fucking <laughs> classic the right. and this one i gotta I, we gotta watch the video for this one uh sorry sorry to the listeners at home that do not get to watch the video but if you've seen look if you're like me you've seen this video a thousand times so like literally you're gonna hear the song and you can line up the video you there is a projector in your head playing the video as you listen so our next song paramore's decode is an absolute banger yes. this might i'm not sure if this is the first paramore song that i heard but it's it's either this or misery business it might as well be this um, one um
2: more like paramore to go is what i have to say about the song
0: and paramore of course in, in in again in, song- for some reason there's oh sorry go ahead go ahead keep, keep it to the, the, yeah, keep it to the to basically
1: the, put like Put a chokehold on the teenage girl demographic. Like, oh my God. Um, and like, I will say, I will give them props during this time period. They ended up going on tour with fucking No Doubt of all people, like for, for their reading tour. They were the, yeah, the opening for that. And so, like, my mom, um, my mom actually went to high school with Stefani. So she got us tickets to go to see the No Doubt song or No Doubt concert when they came through Virginia Beach. And I was like, okay all right mom said you want to come along and i said i want to go see paramore <laughs> and they're like okay you can, she's like okay you can go see paramore and i'm but, saying they like where is decode i was promised decode and they're like she's like oh yeah they're not going to play it till the end this makes no sense <laughs> but that's but how 13 like, year old me worked like they don't have any other songs just take decode where did, this, where did they all come from
3: <laughs> the thing is you were right you were right to ask for it because this song is an absolute banger and it is like there's a reason like they don't really play many of their non-album songs except for like this one and the one that we'll get to later and that's because they're not only iconic but just that good like the the thing about paramore is that like if they have a banger it's just gonna like go for the throat it's gonna like grab you and just hold you and you're just you you hear that shit when you're a teenager and it's just never gonna let you go like oh yeah it hits just the same when you're like 29 years old as when you're like 12 and in your like childhood bedroom
1: Oh yeah, this song like made me feel so angsty as like a thirteen-year-old girl, and I'm like, let's go! Yeah, I'm gonna be what? a booty vampire girl. I gotta like cover, uncover my neck, and hope that like the hot va- not- vampire in the <laughs> um, is gonna oh, bite me. Me.
3: We talked last week about how all the, the a lot of the Pandora songs are "My Life a Movie for Real Core," and like mm-hmm. Paramore is like the best possible iteration of "My Life a Movie for Real Core," especially this era of Paramore.
1: <laughs> this this song is literally "My Life a Movie." <laughs> no, exactly. I yeah. I, I, I really I really
2: really like this song, especially like instrumentally, like the build of it and the guitars and mm-hmm. everything. Like musically, this is like one of the sickest Paramore songs. I never thought it was never like the one for me as far as the hook to it i think i don't know like i think the verses are all really good but i think the chorus is like not one of their catchiest but i still do really like it um and i I definitely i definitely think it it is of all of these songs as far as matching like the sort of teen angsty moody vibe that like twilight was trying to capture like this is the most like perfect for that i think of any song we're gonna talk about this episode absolutely
3: this to me feels the most like twilight in terms of like the the kind of mood and emotional palette that i think of the movies is capturing which like to its credit like honestly i think in a lot of ways the song not not to denigrate twilight but i think this song almost kind of like rises above it in a lot of ways and like no. stands on its own
2: it, 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 that, that's fair to, i mean we're all t- so i think now's a good time to just give kinda of general twilight really <laughs> I um did not watch the movies in theaters at the times, but being a both A being a closeted didn't realize I was trans girl, and also um being a notorious like fantasy novel reader of all kinds. Like any novel about people that were animals or people that were monsters or people that became monsters, you know, that was like my jam. And so I did try out the Twilight novels, but it was very much a, like, oh, I know I'm quote-unquote not supposed to like this, but I'm reading these anyway, just because that was the period of my I was reading, like, nonstop. So I read all the books, not all the books, I read, like, the first three books. I don't think I ever finished. But, and I, I, I liked the movies when I got around eventually, but I was never, like, super-duper, like, into the movies. But I, I do appreciate... Uh, the vibe in even though especially now, like as we've discussed, Stephanie Meyer is a uh, is Mormon, and uh, her feelings on topics limited to, but not uh, uh, including, but not limited to, pregnancy, marriage, uh, uh, uh sex, um. The, the weird weird things going on there that we don't even need to unpack all of in this episode um and that is i think mo- uh there are a lot of things that hamper these movies like for example the fact that of the people they cast in the original movie like some of them like christian stewart and and uh robert pattinson turned out to be like some of the best actors of their generation And some of them are Jackson Rathbone, you know, like, (laughs) like, like, like not all of them. And then you have to keep them along for the whole series, you know, and Mm -hmm. some of them are just like teenagers and all of them are have to be hot. So a lot of them are just like dumb, hot people, you know, like, there's a real hit or miss kind of quality to the cast. Uh, It's also good to bring up just as far as we're talking about, um, Being a moody teenager and being like that—that's the vibe I want to project. I have recently been told by a cashier at my weed store that I look like a vampire. I was wearing all black, but they told me I look like one of the evil vampires from the second Twilight movie, and I was like, you know what?
0: Oh wait, I know which one. I think I know which one. Hang on, I I do. Dakota Fanning,
2: is that what you're thinking of?
0: I'll just say Dakota Dakota fanning a little bit. Yeah, that that that's. Let me let me pull up her. Uh, Sorry for the visual bit on the audio podcast, everybody. (laughs) But I wanna say it's it's let me god damn it. Stupid my fucking favorites bar. I think okay, Dakota Fanning, Twilight. Just just to just to confirm. Uh let's see. Oh yeah. Oh here we go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There we go. That's just there there we go. That's Jackie.
2: Um I, I have to I have to claim a new trans character because my long bit about uh, claiming Luna Lovegood as the trans character in Harry oh, Potter. That is, now, badly is, is now, now cancelled because Luna the actors who played Luna Lovegood is a dumbass, which
1: yeah. ah, uh. ah, <laughs> I feel like fewer oh, characters. Or fewer actors from the Twilight Saga have said transphobic things or they've just kind of disappeared, which is probably for the best. Uh,
0: Uh, I hear Jacob in the background. I hear hear, he's he's howling.
1: That's my dog. So by the way, just in case Maddie can't edit it out or something. um, My dog, I'm watching my parents' elderly dog. And sometimes he just sits there and cries. He's fine. He's just laying in bed and he just goes, I miss my people. Which, he's
2: saying, "Where's, where's Bella?" Is what he's
1: saying. Yes, where, where are my, where are my mom and dad and Abby, my sister? And I'm like, All um, right. I'm right. Well, I'm like Otis. I'm right here. You're fine. You're okay. So there's, right. there's no animal abuse happening. He's just being a bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well then, uh, but yeah, Decode, great song. Great, great song. Uh, again, it is damn as 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 natalie said damn my life a movie for real mm-hmm. that's one. it's one of those one of the peak peak songs of that feeling mm-hmm. um and i would still say it's one of paramore's best songs i i mean even, I, even now
3: i do uh and i i'm, I'm allowed to say this is like a, a paramore aficionado i do have like a mild hot take when we get to the next paramore song on this list but we'll we'll get there when we get there
0: Ooh. but up next on our 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 our, our playlist of delights uh, our soundtrack of delights actually more accurately uh we have a track from the black ghost with full moon so let's hit play on that right now when when i first heard this i was like is this like a <laughs> like he sounds like the guy from the shins so i was wondering <laughs> if it was like a, another Shin side project but it's just two two guys it's, it's just two it's just it, two in, two, two, in, two guys
2: in in the what year did the original time movie come out it was um just oh, 9 all okay. right in two thousand eight, guys like this were just walking around. You know, you could yeah. just you could, they just could go be anywhere. A, they could haunt to anywhere. You go to Brooklyn and go to a store, uh, a Kith perhaps, and there'd just be a guy like this, just just buying some some shoes, and he'd have a and he'd have a a, a fedora on. It, it, it's very it's at this very weird intersection of like once the beat kicks in, it's like oh clearly like this runoff of like kind of the early two thousands kind of chill out and trip hop stuff but, like, with this very uh, late 2000s twee folk thing to it, but he uh, vocally, he's really go-girl giving us nothing. It's, like, so boring.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is... The thing is, uh, this starting the way it does, I'm like, okay, I can understand this, like, being here. This feels very much like... I, I I taught an AI to make a, like, folky acoustic song for the Twilight soundtrack, and then the beat kicks in, and it's just... I don't know. It just doesn't work. It doesn't gel. It's two different things. It it,
2: it starts out uh, telegraphing that it's going to be like B-tier, Shin's core folk thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, we're going to actually be B-tier sneaker pimps. And it's like, you're not really good at either of those things. (laughs) And you also threw off my expectations with the feint that you did at the beginning there.
3: Uh, I would like to point out the bio that Maddie pulled up says that the debut also has Damon Albarn in guest vocals, which is further proof that he's been washed for a while.
1: Happy oh, Cracker Jesus. Island release day, everybody. Happy Cracker Island release Happy day. Happy the way, The context of this particular song, just like in the movie, it's played literally at the very beginning. This is your first impression. Literally, Bella is talking about... Um, is talking about like, oh, I'm going to... I'm in Phoenix. She's scooping out her little cactus and getting it ready to go on a plane to go do 9-11-2 in ports. But no, she... And so and they've just got this song playing while well. they just fall, like, fly over Washington. And you're like, okay, okay. Everything goes from, like, normal colors in Phoenix to blue. <laughs> just blue.
2: Oh, wow. Um... So uh, uh, the guy used to be in the band Simeon who became Simeon Mobile. Disc. Okay, that makes sense.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm reading these guys, but yeah. yeah uh, both Kessling and Laura come from musical backgrounds. The dad played in uh, like fucking Star Wars soundtrack as like an oboist. Like they come from music.
1: Yeah. They're Nepo babies. Got it.
2: Um <laughs> Shh. But uh, this one is just boring. like yeah. this, this is a great like this if we do more Twilight series soundtrack series we like absolutely which <laughs> you will that there are none others on the soundtracks of the movies that are like this mid after this because after this movie it becomes such a competition to get on that like absolutely.
3: these bands of the first movie just don't exist the band the
0: bands start cooking they start they're like all right we're we're cooking
3: it becomes like a who's who of like who wants to try to get that breakthrough whereas like it becomes like
2: a compilation you're submitting for instead of instead of just like what can what can the what can the studio get for this movie it then becomes who can get onto the
3: this soundtrack but a lot of these a lot of these definitely feel a lot more like mood like they're they're there to specifically complement a particular mood that like catherine hardwick is like going for then like this is like meant to be like this like big soundtrack cut or like meant to like re like really uh carve out the scene in this way it's more of like this is just kind of like place setting
2: yeah uh, this movie it is more you're right that it's more organic because even though this was like a big deal and the studio was putting like money behind it this is before the the ya boom and it really kind of starts it in a lot of ways like this movie is really the movie that started the whole like oh you can have these books that like are best sellers and they're going to go number one at the box office like like these kind of which existed in the 90s but for different kinds of books you know like never for this kind of thing
1: yeah and And like even harry um, potter couldn't like have a soundtrack like that like exactly you had to go with like a john williams soundtrack
2: and so it was a smart move, A, to do the soundtrack the way that they did, but that this soundtrack, because of what they knew they had to go for, which is that they had to get young people interested and that they had to set this kind of teen angst romance vibe, they did a really good job of being like, okay, we need to capture the kind of uh collective subconscious of indie music right now. And they do and don't in 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 some ways, like there's some hits and some misses here, but let's move on to... The next song, because unfortunately, uh, I, I don't have nice thing to say about one of my guys. Is, we just got to get this. Oh
0: out of no! The way. Oh, oh no. no! Oh no! Our next song is is Lincoln Park. Leaving all the rest. Wah, wah. I, this is I. I will agree. It's not. It's not one of Lincoln Park's no. best. But this is fine. It's fine. It's I.
2: I think this is one of. The worst lincoln park songs i've heard it's not good i i and i'm not like i'm not one of those like oh only hybrid theory in meteor exists snobs like i got into lincoln park later because i am i am young like i was very very young when hybrid theory came out so like lincoln park more hit me in the kind of 2008 2009 i mean for me the lincoln park needle drop that i associate with my childhood is of course the final scene of the Transformers movie in which Optimus Prime looks out into the distance as what I've done plays (laughs) dramatically um, uh, before the credits The song doesn't even come on
1: in the movie. But- um, Really?
2: I just think this is like the sleepiest Linkin Park. Like this is the most Linkin Park I've ever tried to sound like Coldplay to me. And that's like fine. But like they can do a more ballady song in a way that still feels like intense and gripping in the way that all the great Linkin Park songs do. I think this song is, while it's like a nice, fine song, I think it's just really, really boring. Um, I, I don't know.
3: I, th- I think we all we all need our kind of like just straight down the middle like new metal ballads. Totally. Like,
2: and, and, and I get that it probably fits the the Twilight soundtrack for that reason more than. A lot of other Lincoln park songs but i don't know this is just like i have i i, I it's partly that i hold other Lincoln park now like after the last few years like on such a high pedestal i really have come to think that's like some of the best music period and so like i i i don't know i just think this song is fine
3: i mean but it, so you know like i don't know this it this feels like i'm tapping into like my inner angsty like 13 year old, I wouldn't let like give that's the time really. of day because I was like too I was I was I was too guarded about that shit. But like I I don't know. It's it does the job. I, I think that's all to I really care th- f- about. That was the thing, is that
2: my middle school, so like I talked uh recently about my dad getting me into like kind of mainstream indie in the, in the Pandora episode. The other side of that coin, which was not from my dad or anywhere else, it was really just from like movies and TV, but also from like guitar hero, was me getting into like some metal and like emo air quotes but it was like only very specific kind of commercial so like third three uh like three days grace and like sr 71 and like shit like and a lincoln park and i remember like my younger sisters teasing me for liking lincoln park because they thought that was stupid or whatever Mm -hmm. and but like I, there were so many other Linkin Park songs that I liked at the time more than this song and even now that I have this like different appreciation of their music as an adult, uh, I still don't really gravitate. It. and there are other songs on Minutes to Midnight like What I've Done or like uh, even like Bleed It Out or like there are other ones I like more on this album or other like late period Linkin Park albums, not even taking into consideration like Hybrid Theory and Meteor, which I think are on a whole other level
1: so, like, this is gonna be a weird analogy that might only make sense to me. but like the, like Lincoln Park doing transformers and doing what I've done is like Lincoln Park making a boy toy. And then this is like the girl toy version of Linkin Park.
2: No, you're you're one hundred percent right. There's there's no shame in that. Looks looks um, at yeah.
3: looks at my smudge notes on my hand. Lincoln Park boy toy? <laughs> 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 which,
2: which, which is like, bullshit though, because the boys got the good one, you know? Like I mean <laughs> the
1: boys got the
2: good I, one. <laughs> I, I, I have talked about it whenever we talked about Lincoln Park on the butt rock or whatever, I did I believe I did bring it up I'm not sure if we did we watch it on the episode the, the scene from Trans. For, like having the Optimus Prime vocals come absolutely in oh, it's over, so good. over it's the song so good. Is, is the fu- the funniest thing in the entire world. But this but,
1: song um, is like not even used in the movie. Not at all.
2: Yeah exactly. Like was- and then also you had you uh for the Transformers sequel movie there was New Divide which was a Linkin Park original that they made for mm-hmm. the movie. Which is actually a pretty good late period. Like New Divide is a better Linkin Park song than this one, I think. This this song doesn't even show up on like their greatest hits i don't think like this is it's fine whatever we don't have to keep harping on it but um yeah uh i i i I will have i i will say about it is that it is both even though i'm disappointed by it as a lincoln park song it is both way better than the last song we talked about and it is way better than the next next song we're we're gonna talk about the probably of the week is Actually, 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 yeah, we 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 will reth- we 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 will think we will very that.
3: quickly top it.
2: <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. I mean <laughs> I don't want okay I can't spoil our next topic. We gotta no, to no, continue.
3: Just, yeah. just <laughs> Let's get into it.
0: Next song from Mute Math Spotlight
3: Uh I for a second I was like why have I heard this band's name before and like just it out of my memory. Like, when I came to this, it felt like I was, I was like, oh, I haven't heard that name in a while. And it, like, hit me midway through this. Uh, I once had to chaperone both of my sisters when they were both big into 21 Pilots and they were, like, touring Blurry Face, And, like, this was the band that was opening for them. So, like, that's, that's the Uh energy I associate with them.
1: Really? Because I thought they were just gonna be some, like, weird Christian, like, Christian rock band. Like, this sounds like a Christian rock band that so,
2: so, so, Stephanie here, Meyer and
1: her Mormon ass, like, snuck in there.
2: Here's to sit the, the sink what I identify with this band. This is a hundred percent, like, twee 2008 Urban Outfitters music. Oh, but, absolutely. But with a muse sheen over the top of it, is mm. what it is. It's so, like, you're saying they're muse math. That is exactly. That, that, that is exactly. Like that, that's why that's why it makes sense opening for Twenty One Pilots is because they have that like post Rock, post Lincoln Park like yelly See? passionate vocal thing, and and, and and the kind of and the kind of big epic like this is a fight for the future. Yeah, like uh, this um, is uh, what, what's it called? Uh, this is war style. Like. <laughs> Uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars epicness with it, it oh in the, the drumming and the ahs is very car commercial indie and very like no. fits in the tantrumsy. You know, this, it's like a, this weird, will... a
3: weird clash of two bad tastes. Oh this feels like the <laughs> onset of car commercial, and it feels like it feels like they're trying to be both like an arena, like an alt rock band, and also like an arena rock band at the same time. While like basically trying to speak that into existence, like they're not, yeah. they don't have the backing behind it. They're just like, no, we deserve to be playing arenas with this sound. Hundred percent. And there are like a couple different elements of it that are like, I could imagine myself
2: enjoying in another context. But it's like, I could imagine liking these drums if they were on a different song. And then I could maybe imagine liking uh, liking these vocals if it's like it's doing so many things at once. And you could maybe deconstruct them and create something good.
3: But like the. All of them together is just so they're all so poorly chosen that they cancel each other out. Like it you just, know what this feels like? This feels like I just cracked open a beer and realized I'm in a commercial because this just started playing while that happened. And I took you know, a sip. The, 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 you know this? You know what actually
2: the, the energy this song has. Um, like it's a CVS drama, and and for yes. some for some for some plot reason the characters are going to a rock concert and like it doesn't really matter, like there's nothing culturally specific about the rock band, just like there's a band that's playing and this band has been like placed in the the CBS drama. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I do, this, I song mean I, this song just sucks. This song made me have flashbacks so of the car commercial number ones. <laughs> like even, even like this song is bad now in my, in my normal music brain times. Even if we were in the midst of car commercial number ones where up was down and down was up. I would not like this song. I
1: like, mean, it's I, here's funny. the thing. You can't even make something funny about it except for just that's like, a really
2: great uh, segue no... into our
3: ne- uh, here's the thing a, it's a great segue into our next song before here's the thing that is that is that as the person here who was the most like prone to liking car commercial music i feel like that, that it's an insult to like i even like the stuff that i did like it's like mm-hmm. that's beyond me this is like this is a, this is a like level that i will not touch this literally feels like you just like sat some monkeys down at a typewriter and the typewriter is ableton and they like made auto-generated music from it
1: chat gpt um, makes a song for the twilight soundtrack for a scene where bella and edward go public with their relationship and all of the high school kids are like oh bella bagged a cullen
2: yeah it it, it does feel very like as I about it fits in the tantrums it feels very mm-hmm. self-consciously trying to be a, a radio song of this era in the way something like hand clap felt like
0: mm. mm-hmm I, I, I didn't yeah I didn't think it fits fits but now you say that and it makes a lot of sense like where this definitely feels like the, it, it, oh, is very, uh, it, it is very it is it,
2: what, what? like that, it, whole, it that is, whole thing is just like ugh.
0: My, my first thought was that it's definitely seems like something that's kind of trying to bridge the gap between like butt rock and car commercial music but it definitely feels like. Wait, but not, the more that i think about it like i don't like just to even to even say this is like close to butt rock is insulting to butt rock.
2: okay like <laughs> i, I, I no, but, no, but, but it is going like on the chorus like you're you're right like it is more fits in the tantrums than it is butt rock but they're trying to deliver it with that intensity like it is posturing itself yeah. with the same like like it wants to be played on the hard rock radio stations but it also wants to be played on like you know what i mean, like exactly yeah yeah I just it, it, a terrifying... it trying to, it's trying to be something for everyone at once that's the weird thing about it is that it simultaneously is like twee and cloying in the way fits and tantrum is but it's also trying to tell you like i'm serious and i have a big penis and i'm <laughs> like it, it's doing all, all of these different like posturing things and try hard things at the same time and like this, this you listen to something like this and that's how we're able to come to the conclusion that like imagine dragons is a good band because at least like their ideas are like pretty, like they have one thing they're going for, and they're doing it earnestly, you know, as opposed to this band where it feels like they're just throwing like templates.
0: Dan Reynolds them. has a personality. You you exactly. can listen to, okay, Dan Reynolds is a real person we're listening to. I mean, I, I re-listened to the 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 "Follow You" song, and of course, it made me remember the great bit that Alex did of heart attacks <laughs> every <laughs> night
3: oh Every my god night. uh you know who else has a personality is... um uh, hold on hold on hold on hold on <laughs> <laughs> No <laughs> hold on i need to say my piece about this because i had I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I had a terrifying revelation which is that we're we're talking about all these kind of ways that it like this song in a lot of ways is like weirdly influential about the car commercial era and i it hit me um it there's a non-zero chance that the sound of that song is what made like the the pivot that death for above 1979 did like in the 2010s oh. it sounds identical um
2: we we, I, we have a similar line of thinking with with what you're thinking about with this song and what i'm thinking about next song so we should just uh all right get into the next song <laughs> and but be- before before we get into we're gonna we're gonna talk about the song and we're gonna have a lot to say about the song itself but i have a surprise for this episode and i just need to in order to build a little bit of suspense, but also just to...
4: Yeah.
2: I need to put my gun on the table. I'm, I'm going to oh, post a no. link in, twi- in the Twilight Pass. Okay, continue. Oh, no.
4: <laughs>
2: continue. Um, no. <sighs> I'm not clicking this. I'm not clicking this shit. <laughs> we're, 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 we'll
0: watch that after we finish the discussion of this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll, oh, yeah, we'll no. hold off on this one. Uh it it's time it's time we 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 have not talked about this individual in a very long time in a not peri- since the, the 90s time. rock series I don't think we've talked about this individual it's time to return to the perry zone it's perry farrell go all the way into the twilight um <laughs>
1: What's
3: download thing? I'm going to hit
0: play. (laughs) We'll figure it out from here. It sounds
3: like he like auto-generated a song title. Like he just basically, he like used the, he used the, he used the like uh, auto-predicts text to like come up with the title.
2: It is my favorite, favorite, favorite kind of movie tie-in song of all time. Where either because of the artist being completely incurious or because they were given nothing. Like, they only had the title. Like, Perry Farrell was just sent a message saying, You have to make a song for the Twilight movie. And he doesn't know what the Twilight movie is. He's just like, All right. Tw- twilight. Twilight. Go to- into to- the Twilight. Be I the Twilight. What are we doing here?
1: And remind you what context this song shows up in. Please, Because Brit, they please. do definitely use it in the movie. It's when they walk into prompt
4: Yes. And you have a whole bunch <laughs> of, like,
1: teenagers getting so hyped at this song. They're wild and out. And they're having a full-blown party to have Perry Farrell go all the way into the Twilight. It, 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 is, the it, is,
2: it is really funny that, like, in some ways this movie, like, this movie's music direction at various times, can be, like, incredibly on the nose and, like, actually capturing a zeitgeist of what young people, like, Paramore being the great example, like, that is, like, actually tapping into what the people that were going to this movie wanted to, and then, like, the, the, the contrast between that and this song, which is at the exact intersection of the same kind of, like, dance pop car commercial indie of, like, Passion Pit, but with, like, this Jane's Addiction '90s Dragula industrial kind no, of I was edge to say, it.
3: You can mash this up with Dragula, and it would work uh-huh. perfectly. That thing is I. So
2: I hated the song when it first started. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing, Perry? Like all the wooey, wooey, like um, <laughs> all, 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 it almost moves like Jagger-esque kind of in the beginning." <laughs> And and I don't know who the woman is on this song. I honestly don't want to look up her name and just, like, preserve it's her anonymity. probably an- his wife. Preserve her anonymity,
3: but I think it is his wife. Um, I, I do want to say one thing, is that realistically, the only situation where you have a bunch of people together and, like, they get pumped for Perry Farrell is if you have a congregation of the Indie Heads podcast. However, however, I was about to say, as
2: the song gets going, and especially, like, the last minute of the song... It's not when it gets like when he actually freaks it with the industrial stuff. It's kind of good. All it's right, kind of okay. Okay, it's, okay, it's kind of okay, good. I'm stopping
3: it here. You cannot fucking say that shit to me. Atticus Ross wrote the song. He yeah. did. <laughs> no, shit. Just, No. What Holy the fuck? Shit.
2: What? what
0: the hell? <laughs> That's what
2: I'm saying like it, 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 it's weird and it's a weird vibe for the movie that like this this like kind of but it, and how it like tries to sit between um, like a very kind of radio friendly, like kind of more twee version of dance punk, and like this very nine inch Nails, dragula like industrial okay. dance punk. Like it's just trying it to have its cake and eat it too, and it doesn't quite work, but it is really fun in this last section I... where it actually
3: gets a little freaky. I, I'm sorry. This is this is not industrial, Jackie. You cannot know, say this to be the industrial. I know what you mean. I'm making an announcement. I'm making an announcement. I'm kicking Atticus Ross out of Nine Inch Nails, and I'm in there too. I'm in there now. We're I'm replacing him. We're making broken two broken again. <laughs> I, 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 I know the difference between
2: actual industrial music and like the pop music of the '90s that was that was called industrial with big air quotes. Like I. I get it, but I, I also
3: think it is kind of fun, like just doing a sine wave that you can get from like a like very basic plugin is not industrial. I'm you sorry.
2: Need to, you, you need to remember the thing that um Grant said, which is she said uh, uh Grant said I I I'm beginning to understand that Jackie is like me with um spooky vampires uh and and <laughs> goblins, but with just any time there's a beep boop sound in a song that i heard Side before part, why be have too. the
1: last two episodes i've been on been about nothing but monsters
2: um
1: that's a good like, question literally but anyway, like th- th-
2: there's been a real
0: I mean, thematic- this, one, this one you, you did it to yourself with this one though britt you did it to consistency. yourself
1: consistency
2: it's like uh, bands that dress up like monsters and then pandora and then this is essentially bands that dress up bands with monster vibes and also pandora vibes like this is this is a real like this uh well it's what, what what's what's the fucking dialectics like uh see since this um i can't do hegel here's the well, thing hi here's the thing but... this is a
3: movie full of people who dress up like monsters there we go, yeah, yes a hundred percent
2: um but sexy uh glittery but exactly. how yeah. but in in retrospect like as we root on the topic, how funny is it how like uh I mean, in general, like, all of American culture from, from that period of time was, like, straight men being horrified by what teen girls liked, but, like, how mad guys, were, dumb nerds were about the fact that they, like, glittered. It's like, oh, they're not even real vampires. Like, it's just the dumbest thing. It's, like, it's silly. Like, whatever. The only,
3: the only band that was able to pull that off was My Chemical Romance because they made it, like, one of the best songs of their career out of it. True, true. All
2: right, and mm. the, 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 this song, uh, Perry, it, it's it's fucking insane.
0: I can't really hear Perry at all on this. His his <laughs> voice is just like Perry. Whatever whatever they're putting on his voice, like I, it does not sound like it's, Perry Farrell. Here's it's,
3: the thing: it's, his it's, his his vocals sound like it, it's like the audio equivalent of what all the like surgery on his face is like. It's like yeah. that. <laughs> that, 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 that. That's totally because it's like
2: comparing it to the Muse song. Like it's trying. To sound of its moment in the way it's doing dance punk and, and the way it's trying to the way it's trying to sound like the updated version of what Jane's addiction was to the early 90s, which is that cock rock like a head empty only dumb guy riffs and sex lyrics um uh mode and but like he is stuck in the 90s in a certain way and so you can feel that like that that tension that is pulling this song apart from like how much it wants to be a 2009 song and how much it is a 1996 song
3: Mm. i have an analogy which is that if the mute mouth song is the the rock song that plays in the background of a cbs like investigative drama this is like the song that plays for a minute in the background of like an e-television like reality show as like a bunch of rich people go shopping
2: that that, that is a uh, pretty I, it, yeah kind of going back to um uh paralyzer by finger 11 i also think of this song as being in the core of like could be bumper music in an episode of Ink Masters, you know? Mm. Like, it has that kind of, like, hard rockin' aesthetic, but the aesthetic is, like, a hard rock cafe, like, just sort of plastered on. (laughs) Like, it's very much like a facade, you know what I I mean? Like, the way that, like, in the late 2000s, like, that Ed Hardy kind of, like, rock, rock, R-A-W-K vibe. It's,
0: yeah, it's, I mean... This song is bad. It's overproduced to hell. There's it just is. so much going on. <laughs> I said moves like There's Jagger. There's so for much a happening again. It, again, I, this, 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 I'm literally stealing a comment that 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 Natalie just made. But it re- like, not only does just, just Perry sound like again, just the, the 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 plastic surgery that that it's, Perry Farrell has had. It, it 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 comes across not only in his voice but just the song in general. It's just it's overproduced to hell. Like what is like what are we doing? What are we doing? It is, it what is are we the doing sonic.
2: Here? It is the sonic embodiment of of an old guy not not understanding that it's time for you to act. Your you know, it's like it's like the sonic embodiment of like Leo. Like maybe it's also maybe, maybe twenty five instead of twenty one. You know, like just Chitty? bumping yeah. up a couple of years. Maybe. like that, it's, that it's too. it's, somewhat, too, it's, it's, it's midlife the... crisis music.
0: This song also it also feels like like a vanity project for like his wife being like I'm not gonna do like I'll put my name on it but <laughs> my, but my wife is the star oh, of the show oh, like, I want to I make my wife's career a, a take off. that I
2: had about the 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 back and forth of the vocals here this is like um the the world's straightest B52s.
3: <laughs> 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 oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Maddie, you, <laughs> Maddie, you don't have to bleep this, but this is stolen fag pride. <laughs> <laughs> it is true yeah exactly it's like oh. taking taking the underground and making it lame but okay like,
2: i've i've ch- but also it, i i i don't know like would i i would rather listen to this song more than the mute math song any day of the week both because i think it's no i can't say that i can't say
0: that i can't i
2: think it's a way funnier so it's like more fun to listen to okay it's
0: only funny because it's only funny because of our personal associations with perry as a song by itself it's awful
2: i disagree (laughs) like i if here's the thing like with moves like jagger Moves Like Jagger is an annoying song because it's annoying and overproduced to hell. And also, you just have to hear it whether you want to or not. If Moves Like Jagger wasn't, like, culturally ubiquitous, it would be easier to treat as, like, this silly artifact. But because it is something that, like, hangs over you like an oppressive cloud that you have to hear when you're in a fucking CBS, like, this Perry song does not exist. So, like, I am never going to become, like, overexposed to it. And I can just, whereas the Mute Math song is just, like, something that is a worse version of other things I would occasionally uh, appreciate as a novelty. And so I-, I think the Perry song is is funny, even though it's fucking insane.
3: I-, I have two more parting thoughts and then I've, like, truly exhausted everything I have to say about Perry. Uh, One, this makes me glad that he never tried to take advantage of, like, the PC music sound. Uh, and two. Oh Jesus Christ! Are we, I mean, are
0: we sure?
2: Are we sure he, he's, he hasn't? He still, got, he's still, he's still he's He still got time. He still got time. He, he he could make a Sophie Sample pack ass hyperpop album in like 2026.
3: Yeah, he'll get to it like a full ten years late. Um, and then he'll uh, like get chlamydia. <laughs> here's another thought. Um, this makes me think that the most entertaining thing in the world is if Perry Farrell made his own "My Teenage Dream" ended. Oh my god!
1: I have like a parting thought here too i like to think that maybe this was like the one little easter egg that they threw into the movie just to try and like appease the parents that got dragged Wait. along to, with their 13 year old gr- like daughter to go see this movie and just to kind of be like yeah. hey that sounds like that oh, change addiction guy
2: do you know what actually the this is this is like um uh the 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 pg-13 version of the matrix orgy scene yes like what's what song do we use oh it's this song
3: uh here's the thing is that the thing that brit just said it makes it sound like you're fucking like putting an I an audio i spy in the movie for the parents like yeah can can you spot who perry farrell is here we've already been going on a a long
2: time about the song we should move on to the next one but before we do real quick uh, if we're talking about the song and how it is trying to be a lot of different things at once and overproduced to hell and perhaps doing too much and both trying to be very radio friendly while also being completely insane and unlistenable, that reminds me of another song I can think of, Maddie. Maddie, can you hit that link real quick and can we listen to a little bit of my creation,
4: Ugh, right. Right. <laughs> Because
2: it's, it's really, it's it's really good. I, hearing oh, it really no. illustrates my point. Oh no! It's it's threatening to begin with.
3: The slow fade in. Uh, No. Oh.
2: See, it's the same.
0: I swear to God, Jackie, if you start doing more of these fucking pistol mashups, I'm coming to your house. No, I
2: know. I've been like, it's like when you have a friend that's an addict and you see that they're having just like just a little bit of beer again. It's like, all right, okay, but like, be careful. You know, I understand how everyone's worried about me right now. I'm fine. I am so much less mentally ill than I was a while ago. I can talk about pistol and be normal about it. But I am still fascinated by the song pistol. Do not get me wrong. It is still there. It's, it's yeah, a that's enough. That's enough. But like, enough you, you, you see what I mean? They're, they are they are <laughs> yeah. similar objects.
0: Hmm. Well, then let's move on. Let's move on to to our next song, uh, from Collective Soul, Tribble for My Beloved." Let's hear it.
2: I didn't. This not sound like I was like, going to expect it to from knowing this band, but also maybe I'm thinking of a different band. I don't know. This has this band has one of those very vague uh, Jackie, fit- you know you know shine uh maybe like yeah i think i do i but think like, Shine
0: one of those ones where if i if i hear i'm like oh okay it's exa- this song
2: exactly that, that that's what i'm saying Like i'm trying to remember exactly which song is them and which song like i know they're one of those bands but still this song didn't really sound like what i i don't know this this band has one of those um i was gonna say uh dumb smart guy or like guy who's dumb that thinks he's smart band names where it's just like two words put together that both can have like deep meanings, but you can tell the person that put them together is not like, there's not like a a, a cohesive thought behind it. It's just kind of like the thing I immediately thought of is, does everyone remember the Will Smith movie collateral beauty? Like that's basically, yes. that, that's basically the naming concept. It's just like, what if I took two kind of smart person or like uh, artistic words and just put them next to you. collateral beauty is that a thing and that's how like i feel like collective soul named their band it's like you know when you have like um a fridge with like words on it and you just rearrange the words and oh. you're like what if it's this like i feel like that's how collective Soul named themselves because like what does that mean like it just fe- it just like feels like a very vague like 90s buddhisty thing. humans
0: humans we all were again we're all one collective soul <sighs> coming together uh-huh. And this is, you know, this, this is the mid 90s. This is, you know, during, you know, the. Because, of course, they're not a jam band, but this is definitely during, like, the, it's the end of the Cold War, peace, and all that shit. Which is why shit, I was you know. expecting
2: this to sound way more, uh, uh, crazy ant at the, uh, uh, the, the uh, farmer's market, you know? Like, I was no. expecting this to sound more. Uh, you know what i thinking of? What's the fucking. I'm thinking of Rusted Root. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's Rusted Root. Yeah, yeah Rusted Root.
2: Collective Soul are like Diet Butt Rock. But you understand yeah. why why Collective Soul and Rusted Root feel like they're c- categorized in the same department of my brain's uh like
3: filing cabinet. I For sure. Uh, I, I maybe it's because I'm actually like familiar with like their hits, but it's it's um I don't know, to me this sounds like basically a nineties alt band trying to like stay relevant. It sounds like uh you know what it sounds like to me is it sounds like the like Songs that Pearl Jam were doing in the late two thousands that yeah, were like purely okay. to try to get onto Guitar Hero.
2: You, you know what it sounds like to me So like you've got this on one side and you've got Rusted Root on the other side, and standing at the midpoint between those two things is Dave Matthews Band. You know what I mean? Like, I I hear it. I don't. This is all the way on the Butt Rock side of jam band, whereas Rusted Root is all the way on the hippie side of jam band, and Dave is like. The uniting force between the kind of dirtbag, your butt rock, your uh, horny, side of jam band music our, and the more hippie side—like he kind of stands in the middle. It is
3: sort of like our a down collective soul jam band. They feel to me more just like arena rock. Like that just seems like their bag. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think we may
2: be associating them with that incorrectly. But they, it is a little, yeah, it is kind of, I don't know, classic rock, jammy a little bit, but not really, yeah. I don't know. I I do just, wanna, yeah, I want I, 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 I'm looking at the 1995 Collective Soul album cover, and I think I maybe, I think I might have. You know what it is? I think I listened to this song a little bit when I was dating my ex girlfriend. I think she likes this band, but um.
0: Oh, it's this fucking band! Yep, oh, yep, motherfucker! Yep. It's this goddamn band. No, but like, you <laughs> look okay. At now, the co- now it's all coming. It's all coming. You, to the, you look at the
2: cover again. of the 1995 album, and it's like that font, and then those the spirally O and the down arrow, like. It looks so much. To it's me '90s like, Woodstock. Yes, exactly. Like that's 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 what I'm trying to get across. It's no, absolutely very much Woodstock revival, hippie revival, shit.
3: Well, it's the intersection of I think hippie and hard rock. Like that's kind yeah, of it's like exactly. it's for it's for the people who want to be like hard rock but don't want to like go hard because it's too like it's too abrasive for them. It's Jane's Addictions for people who do acid instead of coke. <laughs>
1: I have no thoughts on this song. It's really boring. And they only play boring. like this, five seconds of it in the movie. This, like it's literally the song that they play when Edward stops the van from hitting Bella. Like, I was really I was really mean
2: to the Mute Math song because like it's a particular kind of music that I just sort of loathe the existence of. But this is definitely more
3: even more boring as far as it just like this feels this feels like bumper music, just like you complete, know what this like you know what this feels like this feels like something that would play in a montage to like a 2004 Lindsay lohan movie
2: or or like um i don't know if people listen to a lot of uh podcasts these days but you know they'll have those like royalty-free music websites for stuff mm-hmm. that you can buy mm-hmm. um this feels like uh, it would be used for like like an NFL podcast or something like that. They put they put like the royalty free like generic hard rock at the start of the episode and like yeah, that's the vibes this gives off. It's bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, then let's move on to another Paramore song. We have another Paramore song on Fuck the playlist. Yeah. It's I Caught Myself. Paramore, let's hear it.
3: Uh, I prefer this to decode actually. I, really? I, I
2: could I
0: see it
3: I, I, I got these two a little confused earlier
2: I I like this I like this also a lot I, I kind of have the same thing with this one which is a thing I have a lot with paramore is that sometimes the hook the hooks are like incredible like misery business is like an undeniable song I I don't know if I, I think the build to this song to me is similarly like more satisfying than the payoff if that makes sense I don't know like this intro I think is really really beautiful and I don't I, I think it's, I don't know. I, I, there's something that prevents me from getting, like, all the way, all the way there with Paramore, even though there's so much about them that seems like it's just, like, right straight ball down the middle. Me. I don't know.
3: Jackie, you gotta, I gotta send you After Laughter because that one is the one that's, like, most Jackie core, I would say. I've
2: listened to After Laughter. I I, I like it. It's
3: fine. I don't
2: know. I, I, I simultaneously recognize, like, how catastrophically enormously influential and important Haley Williams is but I would rather listen to the bands with singers that vaguely sound like Hayley Williams than herself which it seems like a weird thing it's like I don't mean to compare her to Miley Cyrus because she's one million times the artist in every way that Miley Cyrus is but like the way that Miley Cyrus is just over singing every word sometimes I feel like Haley. Is, is such a good vocalist that she makes a meal out of every single line in a way that I can just feel, like, overkill to me at times. But I think when it works well, it's, like, so undeniable that I get why she does it,
3: you know? I'm going to send you deep cuts that are the antithesis okay. of that. please uh, do. Because th- there are a bunch of ones where she goes, like, subtler, and I think you're not, just listening to the big words. Also, yeah.
0: also, also, Haley can actually sing. The, the, that's that's, sing. That, that's what
2: I'm saying. M- Miley Cyrus... Uh, I need a plug. Riley's um, a very
0: Maddie, limited did, did vocalist read, that people really uh, got to, that does Co- not know.
2: Sean Cook, friend of a uh, friend of mine on the internet um, has a great newsletter. And today he wrote an incredible, incredible column about a concept that he is titled the skin bag. Um, and the skin bag is basically a age graph an age gap, artistic partnership Um, in which a young artist and a old legacy artist, usually a guy um, crossover in order to add legitimacy to the younger artist, while also, and Miley Cyrus is basically the queen of skin bagging, like Dolly Parton, David Byrne, every artist that she covers, like it's that, and the the cover photo of his piece is the Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett uh, pictures and, and, he also identifies some like non-music ones like a uh, Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge in the new Indiana Jones movie as a skin bag mm-hmm. etc but like that th- that's the difference between
3: oh and that and also <gasps> that Miley sucks and is not that talented and uh so so back to Paramore um I, I do want to kind of get back on topic here is totally. like, I think the thing that is um that really kind of makes this work to me is that like um, I unpacked this some when I was like going through the entire discography for the, the Pace piece that I did but like one of the things that like really stands out to me that like I think separates them from a lot of their peers is that they are like legitimately just all around like that musically talented and like yes. one of the things that I was like really digging into especially because like I'm a big like self-titled truther because I think it's maybe one of the most like just technically like impressive of their albums uh but like that's where i think the guitar part of this is like the thing that really distinguishes itself for me like it feels the 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 specific tones and like performance style and like skill that gets used into it um is, is it really puts them a cut above their peers in a lot of ways and like it it could very well be the thing where it was like the playing is like a lot simpler or the tone is being like is, is a lot more simplified but it's like the combination of like the very sort of idiosyncratic things that like maybe might not be noticed just listening to it on its own but then putting it like against its contemporaries it's yeah. like you you notice like the kind of like very subtle work that's going into to it to be
2: very 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 unsurprising what you're describing is exactly what i think about ethel Cain, um which is basically that like Paramore have an understanding of the underground music that they're pulling from in a way that a lot of the other big bands like them don't like that. They really, really get how this music works at that sort of underground level. And like what makes a really good, like Midwest emo band sound really mm. good. And, and and you can hear them tapping into that, but also they're able to give it the like widescreen maximalism and the kind of big accessibility that a lot of those Midwest emo bands could never have while also not losing, it doesn't feel like you're losing in translation, any of that. Mm-hmm. Or, and it feels like it balances both. And that's something that's way, way harder to do than I think a lot of people like to it credit for. Cause the people like to be like, okay, well it's just like the version of the thing I like, but uh, made more sort of like appealing. And it's like, no, actually it's walking a really fine line where it is doing the thing it's influenced by at a high level. While also putting it on this scale and platform that allows it to become like anthemic in a way that like these smaller bands can never really achieve. And I think that's what is cool about Paramore.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I do want to keep moving, but I do want to say uh two uh two things. I'll probably send you these after we record Jackie, but two self-titled songs I think you should check out are uh Part 2, which is uh a song that basically has like a shoegaze guitar tone for its intro and then its chorus goes like all evanescence mode in a way that's really oh, cool. Yeah. Um and the closer on that uh Future, which is literally just a post-rock song. Like that is it's literally a 7-minute yeah. post-rock song. Hell yeah. Very but awesome. that's kind of that that's good. that's the kind of mode I like.
1: <laughs> the song is not that interesting to me, I'll be honest, and it's not even used very interestingly in the movie as well. <laughs> it's literally just played in when they're out prom dress shopping. It's just playing in the store, so in that, it it kind of works in that particular context. I'll be with that. Like you have decode next to the song, and like I get that it's like it's paramore. It's hard to fuck up when you're paramore, but like.
0: It's not my favorite well, there we go well I, I, I like it but yeah but that just, again I, I'm, I''m I'm a boy and I feel way out of place on this episode but I feel like <laughs> it, there's gotta be there's gotta be you know look there's gotta be some boy representation because again uh, here's the thing, I can see I, I could be saying worse things you know uh, I'm, I'm an enlightened boy I'm an enlightened boy who realizes the Twilight soundtrack mostly slaps. And when it doesn't slap, it's still uh, a very interesting document of our times. Mm-hmm. And uh, but coming up next, though, we got a track from Blue Foundation. It's eyes on fire. I, uh... um, what's, what's what scene is this one? In, in what scene is this song in? Brett? It's
1: like when it's after. Um. So when after the first scene where Edward and Bella first meet, like properly, and like she walks in and like. Like he smells her and is like, stinky. Um,
4: mm-hmm, yes. <laughs>
1: so um, he like disappears yeah. for like two or three days. And she's like, I don't know where Edward went. I don't know. Um, and he's just like, they just keep cutting to this empty chair. And they'll look at like the other Collins and like, oh, no, Edward. Other Collins, nope, no, Edward. So, he's in cocktail. So for
2: my, days. my arc with this song, first of all, I was like, who the fuck is this band? And of course, this is a band that is the classic example of why the Twilight soundtrack became such a thing going forward, just because they have no other hits. Their top three songs are this song, and then two EDM remixes of this song. Oh, <laughs> actually, no. Uh, four of their... Uh, six of their top... Five of their top six songs on Spotify are remixed of this song. <laughs> I, 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 I like, it is, it is so dominated by this song, like, to a hilarious degree. And I think I understand why, because this song starts, like, the beginning of the song, like, when they're ja- just doing Jackie, the-
0: it's worse, because it's, it's it's four of the top five, and uh, it looks like yes. seven of the top ten? Yes, oh, correct.
2: Oh, no. There's Jeez, a re-recorded. This. Uh, but, uh, so... Oh, as a as, Re-recorded is a real uh, uh, sad sign of what... That, that's how you know you're really a one-hit wonder. Like, People will oh, yeah. call Krayshawn someone like a one-hit wonder, but Krayshawn's not doing Gucci Gucci record or like Rebecca Black doing like Friday remix, you know? Like it's like they know, oh, this is the only way my only in, let me go back to this well. But um the reason why I think they don't have any other hits is that I started this song and when it started out and I heard the little guitar tone and the kind of oo-woo-y uh, like sort of wispy vocals, I was like, oh, am I going to really like this? Um, and then she started actually singing, and I was like, oh, "Okay, no, um, I'm fine because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's a very good singer." Um, but yeah, this is like we have Ethel Kane at home. But hey, she did it ten years ago, you know? So like, uh, yeah, this is this, boring
0: hell.
4: This feels to me is, like it is
2: predictive of better music, but it, it has zero sauce and zero actual juice.
3: Yeah, this, this feels like a teenage version of The Kills. Like, that that's oh, that, what it is. That,
2: that, that, that's, a good, that's a good call, yeah.
3: Yes. I don't really have anything else to say about this. This has like no pulse. I, I might get another beer while we're figuring out what to talk about here. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it, it has the vibe down, but no pulse
2: is the right call. Like, I, there's still some part of my monkey brain that wants to like this because of how exactly it's scratching like my kind of moody bullshit. However, I am well aware that they are... It's not quite... I have a scale from, like, the very best music I listen to to Cigarettes After Sex. And this is not quite at that level of boring, but it's only, like, one or two notches higher. You know what I mean? Like mm. it, it, it understands the vibes. It does not understand how to to create a captivating performance at the center of that. So, like, I understand why this song... Took off because when you combine it with the Twilight movies, like it does have, like especially this part right here where no one's singing again. Like I think, I think the weakest part of it is the the, the, the actual vocals. Like I think instrumentally, even though it's not anything special, it is just a very kind of down the middle, like ooh, crystal castles, ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like yeah. like, and, and and I am. I am, like, willingly able to admit that I'm, like, totally a mark for this sort of thing. So even someone doing it badly, I'm kind of like, it's fine. (laughs) I'm not surprised that that there are several, like, EDM remixes of it, because it very much does have featured singer on an edm song energy vocally like that's why it really
3: sucks it has that like over reverb like production to it too like they also they also correctly assess that what this thing needs is more life uh drake drake voice more life (laughs) tings
2: yeah. I feel like I'm about
0: to, I feel like the song is, it's like hypnotizing me to false. No, oh, like hmm.
2: the, the, the mean thing they said in the Pitchfork review about the Evokane album, that it's like, uh, such a slow burn that you sometimes forget if the candle is still lit. Like, I don't think that was an accurate thing to say about that record, but you should have saved it for this song. Like, that's what this is. It's like, it does create a vibe, but it's so lifeless that you have difficulty locking into that vibe. Like there's nothing immersive about it. Like it, it were i think it was able to become so popular via a soundtrack cuz it is the kind of song where like if you put it in the background of a particularly compelling scene in a movie or show it could effectively just like create that sort of like emotional vague ambience without if you don't if you're able to not pay attention to it cuz you're multitasking and watching the scene but like if you have to actually listen to it on its own or like watch the music video like i did it's like oh wow this is also the music video we should bring up is uh so 2008 Tumblr, it hurts it is oh, really no. funny it, like it's all black and white and there are like strippers dancing and, oh, and, no. and, and but there's also industrial plants and beauty and and uh-huh. and and people riding the sub. Oh, people riding the subway. It's and one. It's mute, one of those like color palettes.
3: Yeah, it's one of those where it's not quite black and white, but it's all desaturated colors and like yeah. selected like hues popping out. That's I get that shit out of here.
2: Um <laughs> the- but, it, it has all of those aspirations, but then it's also clearly like made in iMovie, you know.
1: feels <laughs> like <sighs> you know, able well, like like? yeah. so you know is- to afford anything else. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this, this, you know this band. Speaking back to the whole movie having a Instagram filter, this movie is like, um, like Flickr. This band is like Flickr. The band, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, 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 it's like it's like a digital camera in two thousand seven that someone is like putting a slow f. You know what it is? Have you? Ever, do you remember when people had digital cameras where you could adjust the f stop and they would do the pictures yeah. where you take like a flashlight and you'd, like, write your name with, like, a slow exposure, so that so oh. like that the, light, the light would, like, drag across the thing. Like, the, th- this music is for people to do that, too.
3: You know what this feels like? This feels like if you were to, like, ask me, who's, like, never watched an episode of, like, OG Gossip Girl to, like, write a song for some episode in, like, I don't know, like, the middle seasons I, I in 15 like, minutes.
2: I, Gossip Girl is good. I, I think more the vibe... Pretty Little Liars is the That's vibe. it. There we go. Uh, there, we go. Matt, there you,
0: go. you go. You nailed it. Nailed That's it.
2: Nailed it. Got to be a little spookier than Gossip Girl.
3: yeah There we go.
0: Mm-hmm. Well then, let's move on. I think we're we got, gonna we got, be got,
1: mean s- to
3: it.
0: Yeah, we got we got, <laughs> we got four four more yeah, songs. They only, they only
3: have one hit. We can't be too mean to them. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. But like, but like, Megan dia only have one hit. You know, but they've got sauce. Megan Dia, I love those girls. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay but That's let's move on and, and this this is this is this is uh, it, it's time to talk about the, the the titular the titular uh vampire of twilight it's robert pattinson never think
2: uh i have a simple thing to say about this song in 2008 in the in the in after as soon as bone of air hits every man in america <laughs> picks up an, an acoustic guitar and they all go on a quest to become Hosier, but only one man could become Hosier, and that man was not Robert Pattinson. But in 2008, <laughs> everyone had to try to become Hosier. Like, Hosier, Hosier achieved what was the American dream for white men uh, in 2008, which was that and hey, maybe I, too, could pick up an acoustic guitar and get soulful with it. Um, here's here's, here's the thing. It's not bad. This is not bad. I feel, no. like It's not a good kind of music, but there are so many cringier and worse versions of this kind of music. And the fact that he is an actor and we did a whole episode of actors making music, it can get so much worse than this, you know?
3: No, and he's he's done, like, better movie ties. Like, the song that he did with Tinder Sticks for High Life is genuinely fucking good. Of course, before Maddie can bring it up, his best musical contribution is
2: to the song Birds by Death Grips.
3: Yes. Facts, facts. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he- here's the thing is that, like, the guitar playing is fine, but it's, like he's so fucking wispy on his vocals that i cannot understand a single word he is saying which like is a choice uh and and i i just i don't know what the context for this is but this feels like the sort of thing where it's like the executives got wind that like he did music on the side and we're like quick rob you're the heartthrob that like all the teen girls are gonna love you're gonna you have to put a song on the soundtrack you know
2: know my problem with the vocals is is that's It's not that a a good singer can't be hot. In fact, many of our greatest singers are hot. People, especially white men, who sing in a way that either projects that they know how hot they are or they're trying to sing in a way that is in its own way hot. Like, there are plenty of singers I can think of that, like, make me weak at the knees just, like, thinking about their voice and the way that they sing on songs. But those people are not people that are self-consciously trying or they they're trying to do it but they're not like trying you know the difference between chino moreno being sexy and like someone who is like a guy at an acoustic might open night night who is like trying to will his way into being jason mraz and trying to will his way into ed sheeran into someone's heart and it's like bro you you are singing like you you like your voice sounds like an Abercrombie model
3: looks. You know what I mean? Like there, there are a few moments in this including one that we just passed that like if you isolate them on their own it sounds like he's basically like making orgasm noises into the microphone. 100%
2: like. yeah and this is also the a capture of its moment and ties in really well to what the next song is like as the sort of late 2000s sort of folk guy explosion happens it just became a contest for who, who could toss away the delivery of their lines the most in this exact way the oh, like just like in the same way that we had creed but rock voice for the for the for the '90s of but that was like deep in the voice. Now it's like this really wispy, you know what I mean? Like, like it's it's the, it's the same exact thing, but now it's happening in a coffee shop instead of uh, at the Dallas Cowboys game halftime show.
0: Okay, with we, 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 Chiboney Bear, for me, I, I mean, I,
3: I, I, I get the bon vibes. I, it's so skinny love I, no. I, I get more this Jeff is... Buckley.
0: I get more Jeff Buckley from this. Oh, that's a good I call, get...
3: actually. I honestly get like the more mellow, like Jack Johnson. That's kind of the vibe. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking Jason Mraz, but Jack Johnson's a better call like it feels like the kind of like just stripped down to his guitar like mumbling it doesn't even matter what the words are so much as it's like the the fin- particular phoneticism and vocalizations that are going on it's yeah I don't have anything to say this puts me to sleep
0: this is yeah this is bad <laughs> this is this is bad no, no disrespect so to my boy. my boy my boy my boy are pats we love him our weird our weird weakening man king the dude is so, I mean, the GQ piece from early quarantine, the man is so <laughs> listen, goddamn listen, weird.
2: He, he, he's, he's come a long way, you know, like he was once a normie and now there's articles about him uh, making ambient music with his Batman cowl on. Like I, and, and I,
0: he's so cool. He's well,
2: like, he's got anecdotes I, about jerking off nor, into, into. I had normie every's. music taste in two thousand eight. Like I'm I'm sure that Robert Pattinson is a guy that like the moment he got famous, he just sort of like holed up and just started listening to like weird noise rock bands. You know, like this is from the brief period of time where he was sort of like cooperating with trying to be a teen heartthrob. And then once he did that enough that he could be rich and not have to do that, he pivots hard away from it and becomes the Gremlin man we know and love today.
3: Uh, I would like to, I would like to point out. Uh, this is a visual gag for a podcast, again, but the like little uh, icon splash thing on the the video that popped up here makes it look like older Robert Pattinson is looking judgmentally yes. at younger Robert Pattinson. It's, it's very funny. <laughs> it, it looks like
2: one of those little oh, like uh, MTV like the fact things that would pop up when you are watching a music the video. pop up videos. Yes, exactly. Oh my god! Like yeah. the one
1: for he he sounds so miserable, and you could like. I know this entire movie. He was absolutely miserable. Like he was, he does not remember any of it. He's like, like if you talk to him now, he's like, "I've, I've never made a Twilight movie ever. I don't like him." I I I mean, I
0: think he's come around. I think he was. I think, I think he's come around a bit. I mean, I know like in the introduction of Batman, he's just kind of like, yeah, no. like I don't, you know,
2: it's a very, it's a very on a shorter timeline. Tom York creed sort of thing where it's like when you're in the middle of your of making your career pivot like when Robert Pattinson was trying to get people to take him seriously he was way way harder on twilight cuz he was trying to get out of that shadow but then once he like proved himself as a non twilight movie star he seems a little less antsy and it's like the same thing like once radiohead finally like fully cemented their legacy Tom York calmed down and started playing Creep again occasionally and like that's kind of the same thing with Pattinson where it's like he doesn't like it now but he's like less up his own ass about it.
3: I, I this might be the fact that I'm like intoxicated, but the first time you said that, I thought I thought you said Radiohead Creed, and I'm just like thinking about the I most mean, unholy combination.
2: Radiohead Creed is my dream. Like that's just like sign me up right there. But Tom um, could kill with arms wide open. I gotta go make some rave DJs later, but we gotta move on to the next the next song.
1: The yes. absolute uh, chokehold that this song, like even to this day, I will admit is. Not this Robert Pattinson song, but the next one. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's it's
0: flightless bird American listen, flightless bird American mouth by Iron. Oh, that's a Iron Wine flightless bird American mouth. I didn't want to say the title because that's a that's a horrible. It is a title really song a
2: horrible title. song title. I it's
1: will agree so bad, that. but you know.
2: But what?
3: sometimes, sometimes the Iron Wine be hitting. Like I, I was about to say, listen,
2: we were all the same age, so. We all remember in two thousand and seven, where we all heard folk music for the first time, and we we're like, ah yes, folk music. I love this stuff. You know, Juno just came out. We were we were, oh, yes. we, were we were in our cups. But like, for me, the Iron and Wine songs. There, there is a song I'm trying to remember that isn't this song that I gravitated to. I think this song is fine, but um it definitely wouldn't be, like, the, like, there, there's such great Heights cover is kind of the first thing I always think of, but there was another one I'm trying to remember the name of, but, like, I don't know, this is just the the, the kind of early Fleet Foxes era, you know? Like, this was just, like, going back to my everyone-trying-to-be-hosier thing, like, this was just in the fucking air, and I think Iron and Wine are one of the bands that really, really w- rode that wave, where it's, like, it's not like they were bad. I think they are, like, a pretty decently talented band, but it's, like... If they had come out at any other period of time, if they had come out five or ten years earlier, or five or ten years—actually, they could have come out five or ten years later because 2010's culture just became kind of frozen in time. But you know what I mean? Like, they—they—they were—they arrived at the exact right period to be the most successful version of themselves possible. Like, they could not have been this big in any other era.
3: Like. I I mostly associate this song or, like, Iron and Wine in general with, like, lots of, like, just very uh, very stereotypical, like, listening to the most, like, popular folk stereotypes so, like, maybe that's what soured me on them for a long time, but, like, writing this back, I'm like this is solid, like, this is fine, like, they've got like, the chops, they know how to, like, write a song how to play with dynamics, it's like this is, this is, if the teens are gonna be listening to any, like, mega popular folk, like, let it be this, like this is pretty solid. Exactly, like when you
2: gain, when, when you experience a genre initially, like, uh, very naively, and then you get a lot of context, some of those bands is like, oh, wow, I can't believe I like that. I didn't know any better. And then sometimes it's like, listen, everyone needs to have a baby's first blank album, you know, like, it's like Green Day's Dookie. It's like everyone's got to have the, the gateway. Dr- this is not as good as Dookie, but like, you know what I mean? It's like there are worse ways to discover that folk music exists than Iron and Wine you're not getting a bastardized version of it at least you're getting like kind of a milk toast version of it but a pretty good
1: but like the number of people who like i imagine still to this day thinks like the song is just like peak romance like this is like first dance of a twilight of a, like a 13 year old pinterest board. oh totally like oh Absolutely. my god like e- even to this day like if somebody said Do you want to make this your first dance song at your wedding and i'd be like Oh yeah, I, like I'm, I'm really cringy in that aspect. But you know what? Like, like again, there are worse things.
3: Yeah, I, I'm thinking about how many like when Tumblr would have like the autoplaying music on the, like the blog. Like how many Twilight blogs would just have this on there as the first one? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Like this is like this is probably like the third song that I would associate solely with Twilight. Like. Of, of like, of this entire soundtrack. Like, this one you can't really hear and not think of, like, that stupid prom scene where they're, like, dancing, like, slow dancing in the... I'm um, oh, trying to, to remember go. what
2: the other song is. Um, Naked As We Came is, is the is the other really big uh, Iron and Wine song. That song's really good, actually. I think that song's better. I, this song is, is fine. I don't think it's bad, but I, I do think even within the catalog, like, they are not like that other band we just talked about where they uh, were successful before the Twilight movie were successful were boosted definitely by the twilight movie and have just continued chugging along like they stay like i'm looking through their discography right now like 2013 2011 2015 they still like play pretty sizable shows yeah and 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 their newest like they they could put out an archive series that will have two songs that get a million plays on them you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they
3: are Still, I, mean, I just again
0: just a generally pretty well respected like indie act, yeah, like they, pre they- post twilight
3: exactly they 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 were lucky enough to be a band that had like a built-in like audience and were basically like brought in because they had a sound that fit there and like continue to be popular they honestly probably just gained more audience and it's 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 i think the the benefit is they were were, like with an actual like label that treated them like a label as opposed to some of these bands that were like basically just like poached and exploited by like all of the labels that were like looking for twilight core totally Mm -hmm. yeah and and that helped
2: them ride the sort of crest of that sort of like juno twilight era like getting your song placed in a million things wave and actually establish like a a sustainable career out of it
3: yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah it's good for them Yeah, yeah it's solid yeah
0: let's move on uh two more songs uh, this is the last, which is uh, is on the actual soundtrack. Although there's uh, there's an extra bonus that's not on the soundtrack, but is in the movie. Oh This yeah. one, this one is. I think this is a, an original composition for the movie. It's it Carter Burwell, Bella's Lullaby.
1: I literally just put this on on here to mess with y'all.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say this this back half, the back half of this playlist is very sleepy until our last I, song. It's very
1: sleepy. Yeah, like I yeah. Even playing. even for
2: me, it's pretty sleepy, and I'm I'm me, you know.
3: the thing is the thing is it's like carter burwell is a good composer so like this is like this is like the kind of thing he can write in his sleep and it's like still good like we're talking about the guy who works with like the fucking coen brothers like all the time
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: but no like it's it's a it's a very pleasant melody and it's like it fits the vibe of like everything else like if you're gonna have like a bunch of like gentle folk songs and like angsty like alternative stuff like might as well put like this like really kind of like evocative piano ballad as your main theme
1: i did learn how to play this on the violin like a 13 year old me like had the twilight soundtrack um like violin book and i learned how to play it because i got it for christmas and i was like this if i'm going to learn how to play i'm gonna learn this Mm hmm
2: I, I think this. Oh, is, hang on, there's this, is, this little
0: bit, this little, this little piano bit really here. I, yeah, I heard I, it and it, it, it. Hang on, I'm gonna play it one more time. I'm gonna turn it up a little bit. One second. It sounds like for a brief second he's gonna get into the nationwide is on your side jingle. <laughs>
2: no, I, I, Matt, Maddie, I had, I had a, a similar thought. You know what it is? It's. You're, you're you're about to watch a movie and there's the clouds and all of a sudden there's the boy on the moon and he's fishing into the, like... Oh, yeah, it's light. also, yeah, DreamWorks. It's the fucking DreamWorks thing. Yeah. That too, that too, for sure. Or, like, the Diz, the Disney, like, uh, the, the castle, uh, the, the little... Like, it's that same sort of twinkly, but it also, like, it is well done, but, there, like you're saying, the sort of in his sleep quality of it, it does feel like... You could imagine a slightly less, ver- a slightly worse version
3: of this playing in like a dentist's office, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it feels like the kind of thing that like probably gets used in a bunch of like temp tracks to other things. Oh, totally. Like- I-, I can imagine like a company using this as like their hold music well i'm talking i'm talking about like like with other scores Mm. like i'm sure that this would be like thrown in as a placeholder that then like a sort of like generic sound like gets used in its place like Mm. i i I think that's what we're talking about in terms of like the association factor because like when you have something that's like a very sort of like simple piano melody it becomes very easy to like throw that in with like a bunch of other like soundtracks after the fact so i'm sure there's like a bunch of like soundalikes to non-existent movies that like use the similar sort of like framework as this
0: Mm -hmm. exactly
3: yeah no it's it's yeah it's fine good 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 theme good theme it's fine
0: but thankfully uh actually braille i'll I'll let you continue because i i feel like you you have thoughts leading into our to our next song
1: so i um This is, like, the Twilight soundtracks were arguably one of, like, my gateways into indie. And, like, I didn't circle back on it until, like, my college days. So then I would, like, sit there and be like, hey, I know this person from the Twilight soundtrack. So at a certain point, like, you know, like, you start digging around and someone's, like, you you usually have some kind of, like, mentor type that usually just, like, throws a whole bunch of albums at you and says, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. So I finally got to the Radiohead portion of my music education here. And this was one of the albums that was thrown at me. And I was like, okay. And then I, I put it on and I listened to it. And I'm like, I've heard this before. Where have I heard this before? Where on earth have I heard this before? I had to <laughs> sit there for a long ass time. And then finally, like, it was bothering me hell out of me and i'm looking through everything and i'm like what is this where is it and then i realized they played in the end credit scene of twilight and i went how (laughs) How?"
2: i mean it does make sense in that she's a news fan and there is often a lot of ben diagram overlap between those two groups much to my chagrin anyway let's listen to it Yep, it's that's,
1: good. Yeah,
3: it's a let's, good song. Less isn't a cool muse, as I like Like, this
1: is them. the best. Like, this is definitely the best song on the playlist. It's,
3: it's so funny how this comes into the movie, too, because it's like a much mellower song, fades out, and then, like, this just starts coming in as it, like, hits to the credits, and it's a bunch of clips from, like, the rest of the movie as, like, the credits start breaking through, and it's just the the most insane 180 to ever it end It literally, a movie. like, cuts
1: yeah. from, like, to, like, black and white, and the villain, Victoria, is, just, like, just walking down the stairs because she's been, like, watching them ominously, <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yeah,
2: I, I've always thought about this song as, like, the day man to Idiotech. Um... <laughs> because like, because like, it is not a happy song like lyrically. Like obviously the dread is still there and all that, but it is groovy and kind of like bright in a way that it, it, Idiotech is like, this is really happening, this is really happening, ah! And this song is like, you know, things seem kind of fucked, but we're vibing. Um, you, see, you right. What happened? together such a good. Also, my favorite detail of the song. I, before I get out of radio nerd mode, is um. Uh, the little sample of the children going, yeah, like, it sounds like uh, if anyone's played the Halo games, when you get a headshot. When you get a headshot, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's a stock like.
3: effect, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but no, it's, but no it's, it's so it's so great, the little, yeah. Do you think Stephanie Meyer has any takes on that, like, theory that uh, OK Computer and Rainbows are supposed to alternate? Do you think she has take oh, on that? I, I, I... I maybe i don't know i i feel like she's
2: probably not like a like post on our radiohead kind of radiohead fan no. she, she's more of the muse kind of radiohead fan that just likes them as kind of like the people An aesthetic that, choice the people that wrote high and dry you know which is how i got yeah. into like i always try to tell people is like everyone likes to think of radiohead as this super like oh they're so thinky thinky music criticky like they are also like a total melodrama band in a way that this is a weird choice for um, this movie. I guess it makes sense as a credit song, like it definitely does work for that totally. But like there are so many other Radiohead songs that could have been more like angsty, you know, like I'm a creep, I'm a weirdo, etc. Um, But I do think that this song is really cool and I like that it has this uh, association. We, when we're teenagers especially like inheriting culture from a generation before us like it's always funny the different ways we're exposed to these things like unfortunately this is not as great of a story now as it was because this guy getting cancelled but I always like to tell the story that me getting into Mark Kozilek I was not one of those people that got into him when they read the Benji Pitchfork review no 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 I got into Mark Kozilek because of the trailer for Gears of War
1: um, oh my
2: god which is really funny for like 17 different reasons. Um, uh,
1: but yeah. Knowing,
3: knowing Stephanie Meyer's worth, how much do you think she paid for in Rainbows? That's actually a good question. This has to be <laughs> one of the more expensive cues on the well, soundtrack. I meant for the, the pay what you want. Knowing her, she oh. probably was like, she probably paid for free It was I see. like, this I is the see. wave of the future. Um, I don't know. I feel like
2: she paid nothing. I, I feel like she was not technologically savvy enough
3: to know that it was out for free until she could buy it on CD. That's what I think about that. That's that's actually the correct answer because when you were talking about like the kind of idea of like people who there's definitely the kind of people who like are into Radiohead primarily because of like cultural osmosis and because of like yeah. their their places like almost kind of like a musical aesthetic choice, if that makes sense. Totally. Like as, as, as a kind of like band to like it, if you were yeah. like into cool hit music where like, she probably picked this up. Like as when it came out in CD form, but hey. this first track, it was like, Oh, this is like perfect. Let's let, let's get this in here. No, exactly. So, yeah.
1: Like sidebar. That's like slightly tangentially related, That like one of the nagging questions I have about radiohead sometimes is there are two songs that I can think of or two artists that are not like on the soundtrack that have made references to Radiohead and one of their like popular songs. And I want to know what song they were talking about. Like one of them is Katy Perry. And she's like, we made out in your card of Radiohead. And I'm like, what song are you making out to Radiohead, <laughs> Katy Perry? And then the other one is Avril Lavigne. And she's like singing Radiohead at the top of our lungs with the boombox playing as we've fallen in love. And it's like, what song are you singing at the top of the lungs? I mean, there, lungs? there are a
2: lot of songs on the Benz, like Faith Plastic Trees and High and Dry that were like, I mean, I think that's why. Like going back to the choices, cre- but. But, like, but like, like going back to the creep thing, that is why they ran so far away from that song's legacies because they, like you're saying, as like an aesthetic choice for the whole 90s, their whole thing is just like, oh, that's a band for people who are sad and people who are weird outcasts, and like that." they were just flattened down to that because like, they were, there are two Clue, uh, there are two Radiohead songs in the Clueless movie, like we have such a, like uh, a different really? perception of ra- Yes, yeah, they're, they're, and, and Fake Loss of Trees is primarily like and, the and, one, and yeah. there's an, another one but forgetting off the top of my head, I think another Ben song but like in the 90s, the Radiohead were just cool, and I think we have a different perception of them now that, like, they were already by the time that we came of musical age and either got really into Radiohead like me or didn't like other people, like, they were already just sort of calcified in stone as, like, the music critic like, everyone loves them, takes them seriously band. At one point, they were just the guys that did the Benz and Pablo Honey, and people, like, would lump them in with Oasis, you know? Like, they used to exist in a completely different, like, cultural landscape than they do now. And so I think because of that, especially with people that are older, like, it totally makes sense for people to have, like, this... Because Radiohead, if you engage with them as a hits band, versus Radiohead as most, like, people on the internet engage with them as, like, this band that made these nine totemic albums, like, those are two different bands. And I actually, famous, like, I got into Radiohead that way, as most people do. Like, I didn't just, like, listen to OK Computer and have my mind blown in one go. Like, I got really into High and Dry before I was ever into them as a band. I got really into, like, the most accessible, like, ballady, just sort of, like, I am a person that has feelings, Radiohead songs. Um, and I think that that totally makes sense, that... And, and also just like, yeah, like mom's like Radiohead too, you know what I mean? Like
3: they do have some songs that aren't scaring the
2: hoe songs.
3: I I'm just this this is very funny because earlier today uh, There's a, a a cafe outside of where I work That's setting up and they have like speakers going And like the song that was like playing As somebody was like sitting there and like doing work is Was like a Morning Bell And it's just like That's one of the most like terrifying songs Just like here in public no, totally. Just yeah. like hearing cut the kids in half Like over I, and over again I, I, I uh, <laughs> was in a uh, On my
2: first day at Epitaph Records My internship at Epitaph Records I went to go get lunch nearby And I went to a ramen shop and it felt like the universe was playing a prank on me cuz they clearly had some like Radiohead like Pandora station on that was but it was only playing Radiohead like it wasn't like music inspired by Radiohead it was only Radiohead and i swear to god in the 30 minutes i was in there they played daydreaming in its entirety twice It played, and then another Radiohead song played, and then it was, like, do-do-do-do. Like, daydreaming started again, and I was like, you were going to, like, make someone commit suicide in this ramen stop right now. Like, what are you doing?
3: Uh, my my one last thought before I depart, because I I really don't have like much to say <laughs> about Radiohead like now of all times, but like I could totally see Robert Pattinson like at his I don't give a fuck era of his career doing the MTV Beach House performance. Like oh, I would 100%. like to see it <laughs> one hundred. I could also see Robert Pattinson um
2: doing like a belly dancer dance to the gloaming. um I, Oh my god! <laughs> th- 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 those are the two like most. The, that Tom and, and Robert Pattinson's energies overline is when they're both in Gremlin mode. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: the, the mixed song, or dance to like fucking supermassive yes, black hole. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, <it's laughs> over, like,
3: <laughs> what it, yeah, like sync the Lotus Flower video to oh supermassive yes. black hole. I, I, I mean yeah. I, I was thinking about the Lotus Flower video when we were
2: watching that black and white uh uh blue foundation <laughs> video. <laughs> oh
1: god
0: well, then, anyways, that, that is it for this episode. Britt, thank you so much for, for bringing us this one, idea.
1: I have one more, well, like two half thoughts that technically go together. So to make one thought, um, thought number one, Perry Moore. Mm-hmm. The second one is Perry Farrell Moore. One, of, them, one I, of them's got to uh, stick somehow. I don't know. I think,
2: I think, I think Perrymore. Perrymore is good. Perry Perrymore rolls off the tongue better. It
1: does, but you know, like you have to kind of put the context in there. So yeah, but, that's, yeah the, that's the uh, context of this movie, and I'm very excited to like revisit the New Moon soundtrack that I actually like way better. I, I was going mean, to like my indie this, this was
2: a this was a fun episode, but this was really the one that we had to get through to get to the other ones because yes. from here on out, the rest of them are. Not mm. entirely like there there there're still posting mid from time to time but like, like we didn't get we didn't get any we didn't get any in the machine this this episode we didn't get any death cab this episode we didn't get any like there are a lot of bands that i, I think uh, we didn't get any bon Iver, there's the big bon Iver st vincent song on on the yeah. on the next like, one like
1: you get like for a while you get hearing damage which is like the only like this was the this was what Tom York wrote for fucking uh, New Moon.
2: Also, no no one tell AJ, but Muse will return. Unfortunately. Oh boy.
3: <laughs> I mean, if Stephanie Meyer has anything to say about it, this Muse is
1: absolutely will return. That's not even a that is that is a promise, not a threat.
3: It is a threat. It's
2: both.
0: <laughs> <sighs>
1: all well right, then, all
2: right.
0: uh, Thank you all for joining us. And next week, ooh, Jackie, you want to you want to tease next week's episode? It is go white boy what is go. This? I, I'm
2: not looking into the calendar. Oh, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> next week's episode is going to be fantastic. This is this is, I mean, this is just going to be a, the moment I had. This so in the process of making our middle school dance episodes, right? Like it, it was hard to contain into one because there were a lot of songs I wanted to include. One of these in particular was like one of the first songs I thought about as a middle school dance song but what i realized is i couldn't put crank that soldier boy in the middle school dance episode because just having that thought opened my brain to the the ideas of all of the songs that had a dance attached to them and including one of course obviously that's been a big fascination this podcast the twist and so i have <laughs> curated a uh, a journey through time and the history of dance craze songs. I will not spoil all the songs that have been selected, but if you if you like to learn a sequence of moves and then and then try to do those moves with your friends in the pre TikTok day before before these young whippersnappers were doing TikTok dances, <laughs> we had we had the Hokey Pokey and <laughs> we're gonna talk about <laughs> gonna God talk-
0: help us all. God help us all
3: You do have to find out what it's all about one of these days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next week, we're finding out what
0: it's all about, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's it for this next episode. We will see you all next week. And uh, yeah, bye-bye.